every person naturally wants to become all that they are capable of becoming. This desire to realize innate possibilities is inherent in human nature. We cannot help wanting to be all that we can be. Success in life is becoming what you want to be. You can become what you want to be only by making use of things. And you can have the free use of things only as you become rich enough to buy them. To understand the science of getting rich, therefore, is the most essential of all knowledge. Wallace D. Waddles from The Science of Getting Rich. Wait a minute, Andrea. Are you telling me that we're going to cover the importance of developing a prosperity mindset on this podcast? How is this related to neuroscience, you ask? Well, I'm going to say yes, we are. And I'll tie the importance of this to science with Mark Waldman and Chris Manning's book, Neurowisdom, the new brain science of money, happiness, and success that focuses on helping people to create more wealth in their lives. This book opens up in chapter one by asking us to choose if we could pick happiness or wealth. And they said that 90% of the people they surveyed over the past decade actually picked happiness over wealth. And this was in chapter one of Neurowisdom. But the book goes on to explain that the newest economic research disagrees with this. They found that it's really the other way around. Wealth predicts happiness, and the more you make, the happier you actually become. That's from chapter one of Neurowisdom. And this is not the main reason why I finally decided to cover Wallace D. Waddles' The Science of Getting Rich on this podcast. But if the research says that our wealth predicts our happiness, I thought that there's never been a better time than now to cover the seminar that I sold in the late 90s that transformed my thinking from poverty consciousness to prosperity. Now, this didn't happen overnight or immediately. I'm going to share my journey over the past 25 years, along with all of the notes I took while studying this book and watching my own paradigms change slowly, and then watching how other people around me would use what they were learning for improved results in their life. Now, here's the important part that I don't want any of us to miss. Once we've learned to successfully use the principles we'll be studying in this book ourselves, we can then take the focus off ourselves and look for ways we can give back to others. And you'll see that there are many important messages within this book. And this one is what I think to be the most important. I'm hoping that studying these timeless principles in this manner will help you, the listener, to connect either to my way of thinking, someone who was raised with one parent who might have instilled poverty consciousness in your mind, or said things to you like, money doesn't grow on trees over the years, or those people I'll use as examples who grasp prosperity thinking with ease so you can take the principles and fine-tune your own way of thinking and acting to achieve the results I know are possible for all of us, whatever our way of thinking is. Once we've applied these principles in our own life, it will be time to look outside of ourselves and give back to others. 
So what is the message behind the deep dive we're going to look at with Wallace D. Waddle's classic book on thinking, the book that describes how each of us shapes the events around us, creating much of the positive riches in our own lives. The book that Rhonda Byrne, the creator of the movie The Secret, said that she stumbled across and has never been the same. The book that was behind one of the seminars I sold in the late 90s when I worked in the motivational speaking industry with Bob Proctor from episode 66. I did see an article written by John Rogers that summarized the book, and I think he got it right. He said, Here's the shortest summary of the science of getting rich you'll ever read. Think and act creatively to add value to others. And I would agree, but I might change it a bit and say this book that we'll be covering this month is all about how to think and act creatively in your life first and then look outwards and see how you can help others. It all begins with understanding the syllabus that echoes throughout all of the chapters in the book about how getting rich is the result of doing things in a certain way. And if you look at the scroll in the show notes of this important syllabus, this was handed out at every seminar Bob Proctor conducted of the science of getting rich. And I mentioned it when we covered part three of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Until this year, 2023, I would say that I had no idea what this syllabus meant. While I read it over and over again from 1999 to this year, 2023, I couldn't explain it to anyone until I understood the quantum world connecting Dr. Dispenza's work and Dr. Dan Siegel's to this thinking space that Wallace Waddles describes. Now, isn't it amazing how we acquire wisdom? I can easily look at the syllabus now and connect it to the quantum world where all possibility exists, where time and space collapses, and we can literally become our dream. But it took me some time to gain this understanding. Stuart Edward White explains how aha moments of learning can change us in this poem, and he shares, he says, Curious how we acquire wisdom. Over and over again, the same truth is thrust under our very noses. We encounter it in action. We're admonished of it. We read it in the written word. We suffer the experience. We gradually assent to the advice. We approve intellectually the written word. But nothing happens inside of us. Then one day, some trivial experience or word or encounter stops us short. A gleam of illumination penetrates the depth of our consciousness. We see. Usually it's but a glimpse. But on rare occasions, a brilliant flash reveals truth fully formed. And we marvel that this understanding has escaped us so long. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever heard something you knew was important, but it just didn't click? The same truth is thrust under our very noses. Until one day, some trivial experience or word encounters us to stop us short. You've got to know what I'm talking about here. Why do we see something new in the words we've heard over and over again and weren't ready to hear them? What is it that makes us finally see a brilliant flash revealing truth fully formed? What is this concept? Why does this happen? 
Have you ever heard, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear? Just be open to what we'll cover in this book. You might hear something that you've heard over and over again in the past, but you've missed its significance somehow. Something that can change your entire world and then those around you once you've grasped and implemented it. Now, I'm going to suggest it's the understanding of the syllabus that holds the secret to implementing the principles outlined in this book, The Science of Getting Rich. If we can understand this syllabus enough that we can live it in our daily life, then strange and marvelous things will begin to occur in our lives with constant regularity. It will only be when we're living these words or doing things in a certain way that we'll know we've got the meaning of this book. And what's crazy to me is that the meaning of this book has taken me 25 years to understand. I'm hoping that my aha moments will help you wherever you're listening to this podcast in the world to think and act in a certain way that Wallace D. Waddles wrote about back in 1910. Welcome back to Season 10 of the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we connect the science-based evidence behind social and emotional learning that's finally being taught in our schools today and emotional intelligence training used in our modern workplaces for improved well-being, achievement, productivity, and results. Using what I saw as the missing link, the application of practical neuroscience. I'm Andrea Samadhi, an author and an educator with a passion for learning and launched this podcast five years ago with the goal of bringing all the leading experts together in one place to uncover the most current research that would bring back how the brain learns best by taking us all to new and often unimaginable heights. On today's episode number 314, we launch into a deep dive of Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich. This book was first published in 1910, and while you'll notice some examples will date the book, like in Chapter 6, Waddles picks something he might think we all want in our lives, and he says, if you really want a sewing machine, as an example. And while I'm sure there's someone out there listening who would love a sewing machine, If this example from 1910 doesn't resonate with you, then just pick something else that can go in its place. You can also scan the table of contents and pick out some other places in his book where he's not just with the times. Chapter 15 is called The Advancing Man, and it can be changed by thinking of this chapter as the advancing person to show in modern times men and women are equally advancing in their fields of work. While some of the examples Waddles picks will date the book to 1910, the main principles he writes about are timeless. And what's interesting to me is that the science of getting rich preceded similar books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that was published in 1937, and we covered his book thoroughly in January of 2022. Now, in the hundred years since its publication, The Science of Getting Rich has gone through many editions, and it remains in print from more than one publisher. 
So for today's deep dive, I'm not going to cover the book chapter by chapter. You can pick up the book and read it for yourself, or you can listen to the entire book on YouTube. I'll connect these tools in the resource section. You can even buy the audio program of the seminar I used to sell, which is Bob Proctor's version of the book through his company's website. Or you can Google the book and find the audio online and some other people's versions and summaries of what the book is about. All of these ideas will get you the main concepts of this book, but for this deep dive, I'm going to cover the book the way Bob Proctor suggested we read it, because it matters how we read The Science of Getting Rich for the principles to jump out at us in a way that we'll not miss them. I don't want the ideas in these pages to escape you, as they have tremendous power, not just for you, but for everyone you connect with in your future once you've begun to implement these ideas and you're operating in this certain way. Now today I'm not going to just read through the chapters, but I'll share the notes, insights, and aha moments I learned from selling this seminar. The first one took place in Denver in June of 1999, and I'll share all the ideas, thoughts, and suggestions to implement the timeless concepts in this book in all our daily lives so these success principles can have the most impact on you and those you'll interact with in your lifetime. So let's begin our journey into the pages of Wallace D. Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich. Now, I want to begin with the title because the title alone could deter some of you who might think I'm going to cover a book that's all about creating wealth so we can all go out and buy more things that will make us happy. And this isn't at all what the book is about, nor what Wallace Waddles intended. But without an explanation, I'm sure many people would bypass this book and miss his intention. Let's go back to Denver, Colorado, June 5th of 1999. Now, this was the first time I ever took this seminar. And thinking back, it was just two months after the Columbine tragedy that shook our schools in the U.S. to the core happened. I remember at this time, I had just left the classroom as a teacher, and I wanted to find ways to help our next generation of students to think and create So after I had helped the attendees find their seats in this seminar, I joined a table and I opened up the pages to the notebook that I'd end up carrying around with me 25 years later and I began to study this little green book called The Science of Getting Rich. Now I remember before we even got into chapter one of the book or about the words Wallace Waddles wrote about, We spent the whole entire first evening on our money mindset, making sure we knew the difference between a prosperity consciousness versus poverty consciousness. If you go to Amazon and you type in prosperity consciousness into the search field, you'll see book after book written on the importance of having a money mindset. Now remember that many of our beliefs and biases and prejudices lie underneath the water in the iceberg analogy. So you might think you've got a prosperity consciousness, but deep down under the water, you've got someone else's programming, like a well-meaning parent who told you, hey, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, and it's going to take some time for you to change these paradigms 
before you'll be able to see the results that I'm promising are possible within the pages of this book. And it's here where we would cover the power of understanding our paradigms with Joel Barker's famous quote. He would write, To ignore the power of paradigms is to put yourself at risk when exploring the future. Your future will look much the same as the past until you understand the power of your paradigms and what it takes to change them. So sitting at the table of my first SGR seminar in 1999, I knew I had a lot of work to do with my programming and thinking. The most money I had ever earned was my teaching salary. Now that was great money for someone in their early 20s just starting out, but it was here I began speaking and networking with others who had also begun to put these principles into practice in their life. I met people from all over the world at this seminar, from all different walks of life, and I could tell some of them were at different levels of thinking when it came to their prosperity mindset. I met truck drivers, teachers like me, business owners, inventors, writers, athletes, and even some well-known celebrities. And everyone I met spoke about how they had come to learn over time to create multiple sources of income with their work. Now, we'll cover this topic more in depth later, but I started to notice my paradigms around earning money, and I saw them changing with each person I met. And I talk about some of the lessons I learned from others during these seminars on episode 67. Now, once you've had a hard look about your own money mindset, you'll either resonate with me, someone who knew in those early days that I didn't have a prosperity mindset, or you'll connect more to the others I'll speak about who very clearly did. We're all at different places, but just recognize where you are before we read the chapters of this book. Now, why is this so important? Easily put, it's because givers gain. Our goal in life is to not be good little go-getters, but see how we can go out and give back to others. We can't give to others if we've got nothing to give. So learning these principles for ourselves is the first step towards being able to provide more for others in your life. And I remember one of the first events I attended where we were to meet as many people in the room as possible and we were to ask everyone we met first, how can I help you before we once thought about what we needed for ourselves? It was a powerful concept that Dr. Ivan Misner talks about in his book, Infinite Giving. I wonder, do you have a limit to what you would give someone else? Where's your money mindset when it comes to what you would give freely and openly to someone else? And I'm sure we've all learned to be conditioned by now to buy a coffee for someone in line behind you, or you might even dish out 20 or $30 to give back to someone else. But would you give something really big to someone else, like a car? Now, I'm not talking to Oprah here, and I'm sure we've all heard that Oprah often gives away big presents to people. But what about someone regular, like you and me, or someone who's not a celebrity, as we've already determined that two people can have completely different levels of thinking here? Would you give someone a gift as big as a car? Just think about this for a minute. 
Now there's someone I know who owns a lot of cars. It's just his thing. He's always loved cars. He loves buying them, fixing them, and he just seems to have an eye for this type of thing. One day I said to him, why do you need so many cars? Would you ever consider giving one away to your good friend who I know would love to have one of these cars? He didn't say no, but he looked at me with a strange look, almost like he'd heard me, but he didn't know what to say. We talked about it for a bit, and he said he would keep his eye open for something his friend might like. And I know this sounds strange. Hey, would you give someone you know a car? But I asked the question, and that was all I needed to do. Now, fast forward a few months later. He came back to me, and he said, Hey, I entered a raffle, and the grand prize was a black Camaro sports car. And I looked at him, and I said, don't you already have a Camaro in red? And he said, yes, it's so weird. I won the exact same car that I already own in black. And he showed me a photo of the car and explained it wasn't a scam. He won this car with a cash value of $90,000. Then he said, when I entered the raffle, I said a prayer in my head that if I won this car, I would give one of my cars that I don't need to my good friend. The one that I said would really love to have one of his cars. So now he won the car and he was telling me he was going to find a way to deliver one of his cars to his friend on Thanksgiving Day as a surprise. So he picked a black IROC car that had special meaning to his friend. And I put a photo of his friend with his new car over the Thanksgiving weekend in the show notes. So when you learn to act and think in a certain way, strange and marvelous things will occur in your life with constant regularity. This is just one example of someone who implemented the principles of the science of getting rich and was able to give back to someone else immediately. This reminds us that God's gift to you is more talent and ability than you'll ever use in one lifetime. And your gift to God is to develop and utilize as much of that talent and ability as you can in this lifetime. Steve Bowe said that. Whether you believe in God or not, I'm going to share these principles that Wallace D. Waddles teaches in his book, The Science of Getting Rich, to show all of us that there's tremendous value in the pages of this book. And on our next episode, we'll dive into chapters 4, 14, and 7 in that order as we begin to implement the concepts of this classic book on thinking and acting in a certain way that has the potential to change your life and those around you. So to review and conclude part one of Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich, we've not even opened the pages of the book yet. We started with a thorough review of our mindset. Do we have a prosperity consciousness mindset where we could conceive of giving something, like a car, to someone else? Or do we live in a world of lack and limitation where we couldn't possibly see how to do this? My goal with this review of Waddle's SGR book is to show us that we all have the same ability to think and act in a certain way. And once we've learned to think and act in this way for ourselves, we can then turn our focus onto others and add tremendous value and abundance to someone else's life. This is what I think the secret message 
held within the pages of this book is, and I look forward to unraveling more secrets to thinking and acting in this certain way as we make our way through the book. Remember, there is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imagined by the thought. A person can form things in their thought and by impressing their thoughts upon the formal substance can cause the thing they think about to be created. There was no accident that person won a car after praying about it with the goal of giving a special gift to his friend. This happened exactly as Wallace D. Waddles described it would in his book. Remember, be careful what you think about, speak about, and pray about. Your thoughts hold more power than you might have ever imagined. I'll see you next week for part two of this series. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episode. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 